Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rolling Credits. Today, we are missing our fearless co-host, Kirby. But, as always, I'm joined by Pat and Gums. Today, we are talking about episode 7. You boys ready? Let's get into it. Yeah, I'm ready. I was born for this, I think. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, obviously, spoilers ahead, guys, before we get into this whole thing. Um, want to preface this by saying, again, there are spoilers in this episode, so if you haven't watched episode 7 or, you know, maybe you want to play the game first, maybe skip this episode and come back when you've seen, you know, what happens. Other than that, as always, let's get into it. And actually today, this episode is going to be curated by Pat. So, Pat, take us away here. Yeah, I um, I kind of wanted to kick us off a little, a little hot off the rip because after the episode aired... You know, we all kind of were in a group chat. We kind of talked about when we were recording and some of our initial thoughts on the episode. And I wanted to kind of talk about it because Kirby, obviously not here, so I'm going to kind of speak for him a little bit, kind of said he thought he was a little bored by this episode. Wasn't as into it. I Even, like, the group chat as a whole kind of all pretty well recognized that this was a filler episode in and of itself. But it also kind of brought about a bigger conversation I wanted to bring forth about... Um, kind of the lack of overall action uh, we're seeing in the show versus the video game uh, as everybody kind of in this call and in this podcast has either played some version of the video game, if not all the way through. Um, And I wanted to kind of talk about how in previous episodes we've talked about the world feeling empty. And I want to pose the question if that is something that's truly a problem within the show or if it's a bias that we might have as people who have played the game uh, previously, one of that might be a bias that is being put on by the people in this podcast, as well as the gamers that may play the game and are now watching the show. And I'll kind of kick this off because obviously the reason that I posed this question is because I think that it is a little bit of a bias there because I look at a lot of other shows that HBO has done and things that are well renowned as like really the kind of the better shows that have ever come out, like Game of Thrones, Sopranos, Breaking Bad. And you look at those first seasons, there's a lot of filler. There's a lot of nonsense. There's a lot of shit that's like, doesn't really keep you as grabbed. That's, those are the type of series where you go back and you say, Hey, you got to get through this first season and the rest of the show rocks. You know, I don't think I can argue that. Yeah. There are moments that you could have like thrown in some extra, like pe- some bodies in there to make it feel a little bit fuller. The last episode that we mentioned, we talked about the, the final scene at the university being a, probably a name one. Right. But I do think we have some bias where we are so used to this game that feels constantly engaging that we might be a little biased now that there's a lot of filler in some of these seasons that's creating a lot of world building. Uh, so I'm going to pass it to Gums here and kind of get your take on kind of what, what you think on that question. Yeah, I want to hear the dadster's take on it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I think I said this every time we do an episode review, I actually openly talked about this, that there was this lack of scarcity and there was this like lack yeah. of... I mean, fungus, and there's this lack of... I mean, we're just in, right, with, with this action. I mean, it is supposed to also be dramatic, but um, one of the things I think they're going to go back to the drawing table on is that they really have had no action to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you make it pure drama, knowing that it does have this action point and, and remove this action from it, I think you're going to lose a little bit of the fan base as you continue on. Um, and, and I think even on some of their best and highly acclaimed episodes, it, it was more action packed and action filled. And so it's just hard to justify like even this episode where they go through this really great backstory, which I thought was awesome. I thought it was like a great episode, but 
there was no sense of like fear in it and even when the the what is it the crawler whatever you guys call these guys um like attacked i didn't i didn't really feel too scared right it's because like hey they had these lights on they were playing these games this whole time like none of these ever came out and then all of a sudden this thing was able to bite two of them and then it gets me thinking like man how dumb are the people in the future or like in this parallel <laughs> world where one of these can kill two people because it's like yo like you got to be able to handle one <laughs> so so in my head i had a lot of that but um i think i don't know if, if this is a bias i i wouldn't i mean i guess it it is a bias i mean you play the game you know it's an action game right you want the action part um so you're leaving out half of the game or 65 percent, 70 percent of the game and you're only actuating the, dr the drama of it um so i think there's a bias there but i think that bias is withheld or is is held um coming from a good point like coming from a good place where they're like hey we love this story we really do but we need this violence like we need this and so that's kind of what my, my opinion is on that it is a bias but it's a bias that's well stated and and should be looked at and reflected upon because i think it does need more action it really does lack that yeah and, and, I, and i'll kind of cut in here and say that i do think that there are there are parts of you and i think that you know for to, to, to where you relate kind of back into my point a little bit is those shows that I did reference one thing they did do where they had a lot of that filler kind of that nonsense in the middle they did end their seasons on some very wild notes that maybe had a lot of actions a lot of big to it so one thing you I will agree with you on is that I really hope these next two episodes have to kind of bring the heat in that in that factions because it has to hold retain that audience that to your point you have to make sure that you're holding on to as much of that audience as possible Seth what are you thinking so going to your point you just made about the last two episodes, so I won't jump to like my full conclusion until I see these next two episodes because these two next these next two episodes are like this isn't really a spoiler, but they're like supposed to be action heavy um, from playing the game. So like it'll be interesting to see how they like wove you know weave it in to the storyline because I see what they're trying to do with the drama like. I feel like what they're trying to do is make, you know, Ellie and Joel's relationship a more emotional thing than it was in the game. Like, you get kind of hints of it, but them really focusing on all of these characters and, like, seeing all these backstories and really diving into who they are and all the decisions they're making, I think it makes for, uh, you know, a more dramatic situation for the both of them. But losing this element of, like having the infected all over the place and fighting these other people, I think the where the game, where I think the game does better is it kind of, you know, fluctuates both very well. Like, it, it has a really good balancing scale versus, you know, where it's like, let's do this drama section, let's do this infected section. Whereas the show so far just seems like it's just solely focused on the drama and the character um study of these people and what's going on around them so i, I actually I, i'm gonna kind of go off script here and throw a little follow-up at you because we know that the first season is supposed to be the entirety of the first video game and then seasons two and i think they said they were gonna do the second game over two seasons so far i think that's announced right yeah uh, in some way shape or form so but the second video game was when it even when it released was pr like known as profoundly more violent and yeah. to a point that it almost disturbed players to a, a much more violent degree. 
Um, you know, I didn't play it. I don't, I don't think anybody here in the pod has played. I think Seth, you said you started it. Um, yeah, I just started it. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to pose the question then, do we think that this was almost overly intentional to do in the first season so that they could get wild in season two and three? So I don't think so. I think they're doing this to change the things that they did in the second game that a lot of the fans didn't like. Oh, there was a lot of backlash. Take. Yeah. There's a lot of backlash for certain things that happen. And I think they're either retracing their steps because they also, they have Neil Druckmann, who is the creator of the game, who's like helping write the story for the show. So I think they're either going to eliminate some of the the things that happened, or they think that it's going to make, you know, having all of this character study and really focusing on them is going to make the second season hit that much harder because we really fell in love with these characters in season one. Like it almost make so, it will make more sense kind of thing. Yeah. The, the way they made decisions. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Gums, what do you think about that? I, that's a great question. Um, I don't, I don't think they're looking that far ahead. Cause I think first you got to start off with having a hit, a hit first season. That's true. I think that's where your starting point is. Mm-hmm. I think second season is just far out, not thought about yet. Um, but I think taping, taking any type of liberties during season one does open up a lot of good stuff for season two, being able mm-hmm. to just do what you want to do. Um, so, so I kind of agree with Seth there that they'll be able to rectify and like change a few things. But no, I don't think they're light on the action here because season two is going to have a lot of it. Because to me, yeah. that doesn't make a lot of sense. Why lose, why lose 40, 50% of your viewers because they think that this is just going to be this very much dramatic thing. Um, and then season two comes around and they're not that interested, right? Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense to do it that way. And I, I think we can all agree that, that Game of Thrones, Valhalla, like, all of these things have drama and action. Um, and that's what we look for. And this is what you look for from, like, a fantasy crowd, I think. And maybe it's more of a, um, like, this type of genre where we expect certain things. So I think people will watch it because they're caught up in the hype and they love the game and this and that. But I do think that you're going to lose a lot of people, and I don't think they plan that out uh, so they can have a more violent second season. In fact, that'd be like a disservice. And I think maybe they'll just learn from season one and then make some changes. Uh, so that's kind of my opinion on it. Okay. Well, let's kind of let's kind of push on here because I do kind of want to get into a little bit of the nuts and bolts of the episode now. Um, but kind of first up, we obviously see you know the sh- the show opens up where the last episode left off, and Joel's hurt. And Ellie's kind of taking care of him. And uh, Joel tells Ellie to go, obviously, with the thought that, you know, he's going to die here in this basement. And, you know, we're kind of looking at Ellie that's, you know, thinking about going out the door. And then we go back and we cut back in time. And that's why the beef of this episode is another love story. It's another love story of learning how, you know, basically Ellie, what her roots are. You know, it's, you know, her kind of learning about herself in this younger age, but it's another love story very similar to the way that we learned about Bill and Frank. And while both are, you know, different, you know, versions of a love story and they all kind of, they share a lot of those similar themes, they are wildly different in the way that they do pacing as well as the way they view character development. Obviously, the age gaps here in the two stories are vastly different and I think that affects it in a lot of ways too. But... I wanted to pick your guys' brains on why maybe you enjoyed one versus the other, as well as kind of how, what do you feel had more general impact on the greater storyline here? Um, and I'll start off with you here, Gums. Yeah, so I think I preferred the, I, I preferred Bills and Franks. Okay. Um, 
why I pre preferred Bill and Frank's because I think their their love was, I think, just more relatable. I guess um, it was it was adults doing adult things and like you could kind of relate to that and being adult you kind of relate to that a little bit while i won't knock like the kid and the crush love and everything um you just kind of look at it and go oh, that's just some kid stuff like you know what i mean like oh, yeah yeah that's that's kids being kids right and so that was kind of my perspective on it where i was like bill and frank had such a more dramatic interwoven like backstory it just felt different it just felt like you could see the little nuances better you could see the underlying hints a little bit better right and 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 uh the actors actually killed it um what's her name storm yeah uh she yeah. she absolutely crushed it but i just think that bill and frank i think the writing on that was just far superior instead of them kind of like going through this mall because you know at the end of that episode we still didn't see like the realization of her um being immune which would have been huge because mm -hmm. they were going to kill each other, right? You know what I mean? Like, wh where was that at? Why, why didn't you spare five minutes to just do that so that she was like, I was almost going to kill myself and have this, like, breakdown about, like, oh, my God, but I have to kill my friend. And remember how she brings up, like, that's not the first time I killed before. Well, it was probably that friend. So now are we going to have another flashback later, an unnecessary flashback of this happening? And I just – so, again, I think the writing was just a little bit too – out there and to the side and they needed to just put that together a little bit quicker a little bit faster um so you're right you know there were vastly different in pacing and character development but that's why i enjoyed bill and frank's story versus uh the other two um and then we, we asked which do you feel had more of an impact on the development of the story um i would say ellie's part has a bigger impact on the development of the story uh but but bill and frank's was better written so people are going to enjoy that more. So then you got to ask yourself, well, is it the impact to the story and the development of the story, or is it the impact to the audience and the development in earnest for the audience to be a part of this world, right? And so in that case, Bill and Frank made you want to be a part of that world to learn more because it's humanizing, it's well-written, there's nuances. Um, but, but Ellie had direct development to the story, but then we missed all of the story pieces. Where does she find out she's immune? Where, where, who does she kill? You know, like, why did it take that long to get there? So that's my opinion on it. Um, very great question, though. Yeah. Hope I answered it. And and I, I think that that's, that's a great response to it, too. And just, like, the way that it's how vastly different in the way that they're written. And you do got to ask yourself there at the end, did we should we have added an extra half hour of screen time to this episode to get through that last point, like you said? To get through the fact that we're finding out Ellie's immune and that... Uh, it's Riley, right? Is is a the girl's yeah, name? Riley. Yeah, is and Riley. Oh, I should be saying Riley. I I, I would one hundred percent say don't add thirty minutes. Cut thirty minutes and replace it. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like you know, could it could yeah. it have gone that that extra step, right? So Seth, yeah, yeah, Seth, Seth, kind of, what's your take here? Yeah, so I I kind of agree with Gums where I I I enjoyed the Bill and Frank storyline a little bit more. Just the acting be from you know um, Nick Offerman and um, Burry Mar. Uh, Burry Martlett, I think, or Martlett Burry, whatever. <laughs> I can't remember his um, name either. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, both of them were fantastic, and it really showed the world and, like, how you would find, like, love in a situation like that. And um, However, though, I kind of differ in gums in this point is I feel like Ellie and Riley's story is more emotional in a certain way. Like, 
it didn't really affect me emotionally as much. Like, I thought that the, it was a lot more sad seeing what happened with Bill and Frank. But with Ellie and Riley, you basically have this girl who grew up in this, um, you know, encampment, essentially. Like, this war, like a place that's going to train her for war. Um, she goes to a mall with a girl that, you know, she thinks she likes. Um, or, well, she's in love with, I should say. Um, they go to this mall, they get to, like, explore all these things that she's never seen before, um, and at the end of the episode, it just is all taken away from her. You know, like, the highest high to the lowest low you could possibly go. Um, and I think seeing, like, her interactions of her, like, going down the escalator, um, you know, like, her seeing that for the first time, playing Mortal Kombat when she had a Mortal Kombat poster on her wall in the room, I think having all of that and just i don't know it just it felt different it felt like seeing somebody who doesn't have those things and then like ha them having it and then losing it all over again i think is just kind of a different scenario where that hits a little bit harder and i also think it, it impacts the story way more than bill and frank's because it kind of like if you see if you remember at the, the beginning of the episode ellie is about to leave joel and then they they cut into ellie's story so the reason for that is because she basically is remembering all of what happened with her and Riley, and she's realizing that, you know, Joel is her Riley at this point. It's the reason for her to keep going. It's a reason for her to live. So I think in in the sense of it develop, development-wise, that was a way more important to the storyline than what Bill and Frank's was. Uh, so... I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna take my my take here a little bit, which I think is gonna be an interesting one, because I, I do kind of agree with Seth here in that I did really enjoy Ellie and Riley's story in in a lot of ways, and I know that Gums obviously you said it was kind of more like the kiddish kind of stuff that yeah. was kind of going on there, and I do agree with you, but there's something kind of it was like Bill and Frank's story. I felt personally very vested in, right? You felt yeah. you felt very emotionally attached to it in a lot of ways. I feel like Ellie and Riley was you being the fly on the wall when you're like you and you're watching that like almost like a high school relationship where you know two people like you your buddy and some girl at school you know they both like each other but like no one's doing anything about it and you're just kind of sitting on the side kind of laughing about it watching it all play out and there was there's just something kind of like obviously relatable that i think everybody kind of went through in some way shape or form whether it was to you or a friend or some way shape or form that i did feel kind of attached to and I, i'm actually gonna differ from both of you and say i actually think bill and frank's storyline affected uh the story a little bit more because and the reason that i say this is actually because of gums's point i think because the end of the episode didn't kind of go far enough into the weeds of kind of the why you know ellie finds out she's immune and the why she or how and the how of how she loses riley i think that extra little piece, I understand that like the whole story affected the way that she makes decisions. And that's why she winds up staying with Joel in, in the room and trying to help and basically save him. But there's something about the way that Bill and Frank's storyline closes and the way that that creates that final interaction in the house where Joel's now setting up ground rules and is breaking the barrier down with Ellie that actually seemed a little bit more impactful to their interactions as the story went on. I think if this episode had gone that extra step that Gums had kind of mentioned, I think it would have had a little bit more impact. 
I think it's very impactful in terms of the greater storyline. You're figuring out like, oh, this is how she got bit. Like, this is what she means by loss and all those kinds of things. But in terms of like the general progression of the show, I actually might argue that Bill and Frank might have had a little bit more to it. And I think that they had the opportunity to make it this episode, but they didn't. Yeah, that's they just fell flat. Yeah. Like it was like a whole lot of build up and then you missed the the grand finale. Yeah. I, I was just like, wow, the, where's the grand finale? Yeah. The zombie, the zombie, or not the zombie, they're infected. You're not supposed to say zombie. Yeah, the, the runner. Infected, yeah. yeah, the runner that showed up at the end. I don't know. It didn't like, obviously, I think we all knew that was going to happen because yes. obviously she's immune, but it didn't really hit as hard. And mm-hmm. I like, I was like, I know what's going to happen here. Like, it, I, I feel like they should have explored. I, it definitely would have been a lot more darker seeing her having to like kill riley or something like that like i'm picturing yeah. do you guys remember the movie the mist i didn't i didn't see that movie but i know what you're talking about yeah like the ending where he basically like kills everybody and then the government shows up two seconds later and yeah. all the monsters are gone mm-hmm. I've so seen like that that's what i'm picturing and i feel like that could have hit way harder than them just ending uh, back on joel so and i think that kind of goes to gums's point a little bit of now we're gonna get some kind of other flashback in another episode that I don't think they needed that they yeah. could have just either tagged this extra 15, 20 minutes on the end of the episode or to Gums's point, maybe cut 15 and add that back in to go to the point where Riley turns and then, and Ellie figures out she's immune and, and cap that there. I think that that could have really taken this one, just that extra step further that I think they did in Bill and Frank's story. They did that in that episode. They didn't do it. It has here. To... Go ahead, Gums. It was I just think it was super weird because it's like this story about kids in this post apocalyptic scenario. And they're doing very not much like they're doing very kid stuff, but it's also adult related, like drinking and shooting, you know what I mean? Like dead bodies. Mm-hmm. But then they don't have the the nerve to like show Ellie shooting her or you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you I know what like... I mean? Blood or anything. And I was just like, what? That was like, that was like a big buildup for no emotional attachment here. Like, I really wanted to like it. And I just yeah. like, and everybody, and I didn't listen to anybody what they said. I just watched it for myself. And it, and it, it wasn't so much slow as it, as it so much never had an ending. You know, it just didn't. Field it didn't feel nice. like there was a build up like there was no climax really mm-hmm. it didn't nope. feel like and there, there was no scares when they could have had scares yeah it's like come on how cliche that they're at the end and then oh the the crying thing and it's just a doll and then oh this one runner after this mall has been up and running and all these noises would have attracted somehow managed to take out both of them like what a non-elegant way to sh- to, to finish that there could have been a bunch of runners they could have been trapped in the wall and they and then ellie was saved but then she realizes she gets bit you know what i mean like there there's like some I, rewriting that could have happened there and yeah way better i don't so. necessarily have beef with the single runner uh, issue of it i don't got beef with I that. totally do yeah i totally do He's got like, where did beef. it come from why it was there and why did it only come out at that time and no yeah. other runners ever like whatever i do i do want to point out one thing real quick before we continue I do think if they don't show it this next episode, they won't show it at all. But I think that they will show it at the beginning of the episode because maybe, like, because we still don't know what's happening with Joel. Um, and maybe they're going to show the differences between, like, her freaking out that maybe Joel, like, you know, his heart stops beating or some shit. And, you know, they go back in time to see, like, what happens with, like, 
Ellie and Riley, something like that. Maybe a cold open that closes yeah. out that storyline before the yeah. title, and then you cut back in. But, I could... but think about that. We all know screwing with time is the worst thing to do in any series. That's true. Even in even in Marvel, right? Like yeah. we yeah. know, as soon as you start screwing with time, things get too convoluted. Yeah. Just give it to a straight forward so we can move on. Like this is an unnecessary push. Yeah. But I digress. I'm gonna push yeah. us forward. I'm gonna take Go us ahead, I'm gonna take us to this next step to this next one. Because while we did well, obviously we just had our little bitch fest that we all kinda complained about, you know, <laughs> the things that we wish we could have saw. I think I think that we all kinda have, you know, some similar thoughts here and we agree that we could have gone a little further. But that being said, this episode did answer a lot of questions for us as it relates to Ellie. I mean, for obviously the big one being, you know, how she got bit. But it also answers the question of what she means by she experienced loss of what she meant in the, in the previous episode. It got us the origin of the dad joke book and the puns book, you know. So it it did create a, a lot of answers for why she makes decisions the way they did, which is what they went into in the inside of the episode. Was this this episode was designed to help create Ellie's decision making process, you know? And it, I do think it did a good job in that. While it could have gone further, I do think it understood the assignment there. But I want to kind of explore that with you guys. What was your kind of your guys' favorite part about understanding a little bit more about Ellie? And what do you think this is going to kind of mean for her a little bit in the next two episodes and maybe even the future seasons? Um, I'll start with you, Seth. What do you think? Yeah, so I think kind of going back to what I said earlier, I think this whole, you know thing that happened with between her and Riley is really hammering the point home that like Joel is the new person that she really cares about and the person that she loves the most and she's going to do anything and everything to protect him no matter what. Um I think this that storyline really shaped shaped what we see in Ellie now is like she has a reason to live again and she's not like just this character that was thrown to the side. Um I'm going to go kind of like away from this question and like there was I really enjoyed like the seeing the kid in her in the mm -hmm. episode, if that makes sense. So yeah. I enjoyed that more because like being a person, like obviously we don't have infected in our world, but like seeing her like experience, like not growing up where she's seen planes or seen a mall or played video games, things like that. And like being on the outside and seeing her like find these things and like love them and like the Halloween store. All of that stuff I, I thought was just, like, kind of, like, crazy to me. And I thought that was my favorite part because, like, looking at it, it's like, could you imagine growing up without any of that stuff and, like, going into a world that you just know is, like, PE class and, like, a sergeant and everything on outside is, like, dead. Like, I don't know. I just thought exploring that, like, what it's really like to be a kid in that type of world, I thought that was really cool and seeing, like, how that affected both not just um, Ellie but Riley as well. No, I I completely agree. I don't think that it was even going away from the question in and of itself. I think that was kind of yeah. right on brand because I completely agree. I think that you know the best part of what we understood about Ellie here is the way, like you said, you know, where she's fascinated by a car and by a yeah. plane and these little things where you're kind of like to the average person you're like how the fuck do you not know what a car is like or how, yeah you know how do you not know what a plane is or what a cassette tape is or all these like little things or you have a mortal Kombat poster in your room but you have no idea what the game is so then you finally see it in its arcade those little things that like you see in these earlier episodes but you don't fully understand i liked the way that this explored the fact that oh yeah that's right she never had she never really knew her parents and she grew up in a qz 
right? Yep. So she knows nothing. And I think do think the the show did a good job in this episode of gr- giving you a better scope of the what it would be like well past the apocalypse's like, you know, nexus point and what that looks like for a standard child who grows up in this world. You know, and kind of how that affected her in these other episodes where you're just kind of like this girl doesn't know shit. What the fuck is going on here? So I think that that answered a lot of those questions in a lot of ways. Obviously, the bite and the immunity being yeah. very important. But I, I completely agree with you on that take. Yeah. Gums, what do you think? So I guess I'll jump back to it because, I mean, I think what you guys are saying is valid. Um, I just, you know, obviously I might not agree with everything there. but Sure. Um, this, question, this question feels pointed, Pat. It feels like <laughs> it's leading me down this path. Go for it. Follow the path then. Or set it on fire. Or set it or set it on fire. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. I might have to set it on fire. Yeah, go nuts. You know what I mean? Fahrenheit, what is it? Fahrenheit, whatever. Burn the book. Yeah, yeah, burn the books. Um so so it says, you know, so the question's set up in this way, like from from you know, we learned a lot like how she got bit or bit, how she experienced loss, how she alluded in the previous conversations, like the dad jokes and stuff. Um, and then ultimately, like how it affects her decisions and making decisions in this current timeline. So what is my favorite part about the explanation of her character and how do I think this will affect her decisions for the next two episodes? Well, unfortunately, class, it's going to 100 percent the way she operates in the next two episodes. And if you've seen any trailers, you'll see that. And if you've seen any of the aftermath, you know what I mean? So it just was like, yeah, of course, this is going to be the next two episodes about like why she doesn't want to lose Joel. Um and, and, and kind of why the things in the past have shaped her future. Um, but I, I just don't, I just didn't feel attached to that episode to make me say, oh, that's why Ellie is the way Ellie is. Because I think it takes quite a few punches to shape Clay. You know, it, it, it takes quite a few slices of the mold. And if these were the only few things that we know about her, or these are the only few things that shaped her, well, then that's cool and all, but then I'll be able to understand and peg her for the rest of the season and maybe for season two. Right. So I guess there's no sense of like moral decay or, or chance of breaking on new paths or branching to new paths. Now I feel like I understand exactly what's coming and I hate that feeling. Mm. Like nobody in the audience wants to know exactly what's going to happen. And I really feel like they streamlined this episode into like saying, Oh, well now you know what's coming next. Because if you can kind of understand how these episodes are working, like, all right, all these things happen to her. Okay, now Ellie's going to go on this thing where you show that she's a young, strappy girl that's dealt with loss and she's drinking alcohol and she's maybe killed her friend because we don't really know. And you know what I mean? And she can't lose Joel. And it's like, yeah, duh. You know what I mean? And I just, I'm not, I didn't feel attached to it in the next episode. I'm looking forward to, but I'm, I'm almost kind of ignoring this last episode in my mind because I'm like, it it adds backstory, but it's not adding momentum. It's not adding attachment. It's not adding something that like, I'm really rooting for this girl now. If you know, and, and, and that's hard to say it that way. But if you really think about it, if you were put in that time and space where Seth was talking about like, man, they don't know about all the stuff and they grew up in the QZ. Well, that'd be like 99.9% of them, right? So what's making Ellie different from any of those other girls? Why can't I just plug in Samantha there, right? And it's and I didn't really feel like there was much that made her different 
there. It didn't feel like that. She didn't have an act of courage. She didn't have an act of more angry, big or uh, a moral decay where she did something she shouldn't have done. Like there was nothing there that was really like attaching me to that. And so that's why I wanted to say that um, and bring that up. It's like, yeah, I know exactly what's going to happen. At least in the next episode, you know, this this was like a straight feeder. Like they opened it up and said, "Take the grain, buddy." And and I didn't appreciate that. Yeah, too much. I don't. I don't think that's a bad take. I mean, it do, it does go back to kind of what we were saying in the second episode when you compared to, to Bill and Frank's story. It's just they didn't go far enough at the end of the day. Because, like you said, I think your point about momentum is very valid. About the way that this didn't propel you forward into that next episode the way that it really should have. I think the real issue here is Gums is just annoyed with Ellie. <laughs> Hot take of the day. I, and I'm not. Like, I, I actually enjoy, like, I think this girl's acting is killer right now. I think she's yeah. crushing it. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just unfortunate that like we go from such these awesome dramatic heartfelt like missions and stuff to just pure talking pure feeding us back information that we didn't necessarily need yeah we didn't even need this if you would have eliminated this episode and went right to the next episode where she's fighting for joel i think we'd be okay you know and that's the sad part yeah i i do kind of want to I want to kind of take us a little bit away from the episode a little bit. It kind of, I want, I want to talk about the final kind of interaction that Ellie and Riley had and kind of talk about, you know, this is a scenario here. Obviously we've got all agreed. They should have gone further down this, this rabbit hole, but I want to talk about just the idea of you being in a scenario of certain death in a post-apocalyptic world, you know, because obviously Riley's holding the gun and she's talking about could take the easy way out. It'll be painless. And they ultimately make the decision to write it out being kind of obviously what we didn't really get into. And we obviously have the foresight to know that Ellie won't turn, but in the characters views in their eyes, we, there's that sense of ambiguity of what the hell is going to happen. Am I going to turn into a clicker? Um, so I want to kind of go ahead before, before you go, are we talking about just in this type of world or like in any zombie apocalypse type of situation? I guess, or just this- I guess I can, I guess I can open it up to any zombie apocalypse type situation. You and you, I, maybe it's just you alone. Maybe it's you and the person you love, whatever it might be. You're sitting there, you're alone. You're, you're technically quote unquote safe, but you got a bite. You will turn sick. You will turn into a zombie, a clicker or whatever you want it to be, you know, but how do you go about weighing that decision? Does the idea that you will turn into a mindless zombie of, of truly affect your decision-making there? And how do you kind of weigh out those options? Because I kind of, I'll, I'll kind of kick us off here. I, that's kind of a tough take. It's kind of hard to say that you're not going to put a bullet in your brain because you're, I don't know what that turns really going to look like. Right. I think that, it's definitely something that you're like, okay, do I really want to be a walking zombie? You know? So I, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent certain. I'm not taking the easy way out. I hope I go first on this. I swear to God. Here, go ahead. I'll go, I'll go straight to you. Yeah. So, um, no dude, I don't think that's the easy way out. Easy way out at all. Like I get, um, I guess I'm a coward. Cause I would never think I don't, if I got bit, bro, y'all better run. Like, that's all I'm saying. I'm like, yo, kill me after the fact, but I'm not sitting here shooting myself. Like, you're tripping. I'm going to go over here and drink this alcohol and mess around for the first, for the 10 minutes I got left. You know what I mean? I'm going to pull one of these strands of fungi out and look at it or bite it or something. You know, I'm going to fuck around. Like, 
there's no way in heck would I say, hey, the easy way out is to kill myself because inherently the, the way your brain works is to to not harm yourself. It's very hard to harm yourself. And that's why it usually comes with maybe like a mental illness because you're able to override your involuntary action of self-preservation to do it. I don't think that's easy. Um, and so like, that's my big thing there. And then it's just like, nah, man, y'all got to run. And I'm fast too for being a big boy. <laughs> so like, y'all just going to have to dip. And, and, um, I, I, and so can, I guess that's how I- Where I'll back that. you up there a little bit too is I, I don't know, maybe like, obviously, because in, in this scenario too, we haven't really gotten a full deep dive of like watching somebody go from pure non-infected into infected and like what that process truly looks like. Like we haven't watched them like go through like kind of like the actual, that anger, that turn that they've kind of referenced at like before. Real time. Yeah, like yeah. real time. Like we've kind of seen like the night before they're they're fine the night after they're they're the morning of they're not like and during the the girl the yeah i guess the girl was like a day huh yeah we we have we haven't really seen like that like the transition process of what that looks like but i also gotta yeah. kind of agree with you comes in a certain sense of like also if i got bit like do i not just like run into the woods and like just like fuck off from everybody for a little Literally. bit you know, Literally, I'm doing whatever I want for the next 10 hours. Like whatever I feel. Well, cause like, <laughs> e e cause like even in that scenario too, I'm like, if I go deep enough out there, like if I just take a car and I just go fucking to Narnia, like, yeah. will I wind up affecting people in any fucking way, shape or form? I don't... <laughs> I'm, I'm calling this group up and telling everybody how I really feel. Like, dude, I just got bit. F you, yeah. F you. I remember that time. <laughs> yeah so like i'm going off <laughs> yeah so there's kind of that that side of it too i'll kind of give you that as well uh seth what are you thinking listen i'm going out guns blazing john wick style <laughs> i'm taking out as many fucking zombies See? infected as i possibly can yeah okay i, I like that take you, i like that take actually like bro if i'm already fucking dead why not take out as many like there's no there's no risk here i'm going all out so that's I, what i'm saying i will i will tell you i will tell you though if there is a, even the slightest chance because they really haven't gone into it in The Last of Us and same with some of the other zombie stuff. Like, we know what happens to the person, but, like, do you realize what's happening to you? If there's, like, any hint of, like, your brain being aware of what's going on and you're being taken over, like, I want to be taken out. I will fucking... I don't want to, like, feel all that and, like, have somebody controlling my body and not being able to do anything because that's what it sounds like with the infected in the last of us is like this fungus is slowly taking them over and like in real life the cordyceps take over ants and basically force them to kill themselves mm -hmm. essentially yeah and like if they're, they're still alive so like if i'm still alive and my brain's still functioning and i know what's going on fuck that i don't want ha to have anything to do with it but i'm killing a few of these motherfuckers and i'm bringing them down with me my last counterpoint i will take to your point there is in the last of us scenario you yeah you go coming out guns blazing couple machine guns in your hand you're going fucking buck wild um i'll take the bullet to the head over getting all of my arms and limbs and head and fucking chest torn open from a bunch of runners and getting like torn apart limb by limb i might Listen. i might go out you know because like gum said calling all the fuckers that, that did me wrong as i drive into the woods and never get seen again and then turn and just like i'm just an fucking infected guy that's fine, but 
Oh, I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna call everybody while I'm fucking killing zombies. Like, listen, <laughs> yeah. I'm on my way out. Like this, zombie. What was so, that? What are you shooting? <laughs> so, Pat, you're just saying like, if you're like, literally got your arm bit, and then 20 of them were gonna step into the room and, and pull a oh pull a party on no, you. but that's they were gonna. But that's not the scenario. Part physically, like that's when you'd be like, I'm just taking myself out. Like that's understandable. I think that's kind of where I'm at. I kind of yes, I kind of do All agree right. with that no, scenario. I'm just imagining I got bit a little bit, and I'm still able. Yeah. function and get well, out of there and that's but if you're talking about like you're about to get jumped in a room full of 30 infected bro yeah i mean hey brother i can see why you'd take that other route <laughs> and i think that that's kind of the, the crux of this point is that like where we kind of started this position was okay i'd be with gums and i got time give me the fuck out of dodge if you want to kill me then when i turn go nuts i'll fucking call the people that wronged me that's good i think in seth's point in taking out as many people as i can it's like Brother, I'm not getting ripped apart limb from limb. Like, you know? But if you're already bit, are they going to attack you? Because you saw what happened with, uh, um, what's her face in fucking episode two? Um, what's she your... was bitten at the cordyceps just with like little squid thing out of her. Out I'm, I'm going to call that the exception, not the rule. I'm going to keep it a buck with the you. Exception. I'm going to yeah. give myself a katana, okay. be like blade on these bitches. We have talked about it in the past that Seth is the exception. So I'll kind of accept that answer. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Okay. We've kind of fully recapped this. We've gotten our full points. Uh, overall, I thought this was a great episode. So please follow us on our socials. Come check us out in Discord. Follow us on Instagram at, uh, at rolling underscore credits underscore podcast. There will be a link tree that has all of our stuff on there. Come chop in, say hi. Let us know what you want to see next. And Gums, take us out. Well, do you take the easy way out? Do you take the hard way in? Or do you just grab Seth? Uh, 20 pack and a couple of guns. <laughs> Find out on the next episode. Let's keep it rolling. <laughs>